Hello, Warriors. How y'all doing out there tonight? This is Latrice Carter with Horror Movie Warriors. And tonight I have a, 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 a just a doozy of a movie. It, it's a good movie, um, a good, powerful movie with a powerful message. And yes, it is scary as well. Uh, the name of the movie is Tales from the Hood. Uh, it was released in 1995 and stars a whole slew of uh, actors and actresses that have since then went on to have great careers in, act, in, in movies. Um, my my uh, guests tonight are Jeremy Covington, my brother from another mother. Good evening. And Miss Ingrid Hubert. Hello, my lovely one. And Miss, uh, Mrs. Jamela um, Golf. Hello, hello, hello. And guys, uh, uh, this is going to be an amazing episode because Tales from the Hood is a really, really, really good movie and a really powerful movie at that. Um, I just think that um, it's full of lessons, you know, especially, especially for us African Americans. And um, as you listeners know, this month is um, African American History Month. And so every Thursday and Friday of this month, I've been discussing a movie of African American origin, whether it was created or directed by African Americans or just an African American cast, uh, I've been discussing it. And, um, and this movie, it's just a very powerful movie for us, you know. And I, I, I mean, I can't say it any other way. Just um, yeah. for yeah. me, it's a powerful movie. Now, uh, mm -hmm. uh, J J Jamila, what do you think of um, Tales from the Hood? Um, well, you know, it was it's it's still kind of one of my favorite movies. It's one of my kind of favorite kind of funny movies to get a little laugh at sometimes but oh, yeah. it also just I think the stories were really good mm -hmm. um and the um well I, I won't give away all my answers and stuff till we get into the questions but I'll wait to mm -hmm. address that but it was one of my favorite movies and I love Clarence Williams III I love him I always oh, have yes. he's one of my yeah. favorite guys he can yes. anything he's in I'm watching I'm it totally until you tell me otherwise. So yes, he he can act his butt off. He's a very he's one he's one of those diverse actors. Yep, very absolutely. Mm -hmm. he is. And Jeremy, what's your um take on uh, Tales uh, from the Hood? For the most part, I found it to be deep. I mean, you can get past the laughter portion of it, which there's a lot of laughter, especially with Clarence. Uh, there's a lot of meaning behind it that while you can laugh at it, there's a lot you can sit down and teach your children that once you get past the core and some of the overtop uh, acting, if you will. But it's, uh, I enjoy reading it just like uh, watching it, so to speak, like Jamila had said, just for the sake of laughs. But when you can really pull a meaning from it, that makes it that much better. Yes, I, I agree. I agree, Jeremy. And, and Miss Ingrid, how about you? What, how do you feel about uh, Tales from the Hood? 
into the questions here now out of all of the four stories because there are four stories uh which one is your favorite uh uh jeremy we'll start with you uh which uh story is your favorite story number one number two number three or number four remind me the order because i say story number two was with the teacher and the young boy that uh, i guess Yes. They burned up the abuse of father yes. with David Allen Greer. Yep, that would that, probably be my favorite if I in, in order of because it's it, it was something that was I'm familiar with and close to and it, it touches about black fathers in the home. Right. Good, yeah. There's a duality that was there, good versus bad. So I would have to say it would be story number two. That would be my first. Yes. And, and that was called uh, Boys Get I think it's called Boys Get Bruised Two. Boys. Boys get bruised. That's right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And Jamila, how about you? What was your favorite? Um, which one was your favorite story? So my favorite was. I hope I'm not remembering this wrong, but the um, what what were they? What did they call them? The little nigglets. Is that what it is? Yeah, that was in Louisiana and he was running for office, Corbin Burnson. Yes, yes. That that was my that was my favorite one because I'm always just about the stories of I think about that all the time because out here in Virginia I visited like two um not for recreation, just so I'm clear, but I uh -huh. visited two plantations. One I went to sing at when they were honoring they were honoring descendants of slaves, and so I went to sing there, and that was a very powerful event. Mm -hmm. And then another event I went to that was similar. And whenever I go on a plantation, I just get, I just get overwhelmed. I, oh, so I, I yeah, love I imagine hear stories, you know. And that was just a good, that was a good one for me. It just reminded me of the things that I saw when I was, you know, in those places. So. Jamila, can I tell you something? You're gonna laugh. But when I when while I was watching this, when I was, uh when I knew that um that you had um uh because I knew that you had wanted to uh, be on this one, right? So I I put on the movie and that one came on and I told myself, I bet this one is Jamila's favorite one. I actually told myself that. Yeah, well <laughs> you were right. Definitely my favorite one. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, uh, Miss Ingrid, how about you? Uh, which one is your favorite? What story is your favorite? 
What did you say, Miss Ingrid? I said it brought me to tears. Uh, oh, yeah. I identified it. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I know how it feels. Not, not, I, I won't. Anyway, yeah. No. Right. I mean, well, yeah. And, and that one was my favorite one, too, uh, Jeremy and Miss Ingrid. Um, uh, little boys get bruised. Um, because first of all, I liked how they used uh, David Allen Greer because at that time he wasn't known for being a villain. I don't even think he's really known for being a villain now. But back then, he—I mean, he was what he was on um, in Living Color, right? He was on in Living Color, and he—you know—he was just doing it. Nobody would um, suspect him as being that was very clever on their part i think because that happens in real life you know these child abusers they look normal as i don't know what right because they're always afraid that somebody is going to pick up on you know uh, but but yeah, that was my favorite one. Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, hopefully this uh, question isn't confusing to y'all. But which character was your favorite character in, in your favorite story? Like, uh, so so Jamila, your who is your favorite character in the third segment? Um, it's called uh, KKK Come Up. It. That's what it's called. Um, <laughs> I, I think my favorite character was, or characters were, were the Nicholas. Right. Honest. And also, I, I don't know. I'm studying it's them. It, it also reminds. Oh, right, right, right. Nicholas, Nicholas. It also reminds me of um Puppet Master. I used to oh, watch yeah. that when I was younger. Like it had, it had a feel of. Ingrid, how about you? Um, who was your favorite character in uh, Little Boys Get Bruised? It, it, it was the director himself. <laughs> <laughs> it was 
the one that was playing uh guys playing uh Roger Mr. Guard Guard. Right. Um I think that was um was that Peoples? Huh? Uh his real name is something Peoples, right? <laughs> I forget his no. name. Oh, yeah, maybe. I think so, but when it said his name they wrote it. But when I was looking at his name his name on the cast Yeah, because it says director is Rusty. Uh, I don't know. DC, I guess. Um, Cundy's, I think. Cundy is yeah. something like that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then when I look at the characters in the story, it shows him playing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Shows him playing Richard. It, and Jeremy, who who is your favorite character and uh and your favorite one? Uh, little boys get bruised. Uh, this is a tough one for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I can identify well, I identify with the little boy. Right. Um, I identify with the teacher. I probably would have wanted to say something. But I also identify with David Allen Greer's character. As funny as, well, at least the trail of it was funny. But the actions themselves, and most people don't know, um, spring, uh, spring of 1995, I was beaten with a bat, a wooden bat. Oh, wow. I broke my arm and my leg. Yeah, well, you never knew that, Latrice. No. I loved my father. He was, he was my hero. Right. And one of the things, if you remember Dave Allen Greer's character, he was called Monster, but that was a military tattoo that he had. Uh-huh. My father was, my father flew with the Tuskegee Airmen, I and mean, he was an amazing man for the most part, but he had a very dark side. So, and most people don't know, I mean, I was, I mean, the things that toughened me up, I appreciate, uh, but there was times there was just, in my mind, too much tough love. So the teacher himself sort of represented the softer, more concerned side, the side I wish right. uh, my father had, but. Sorry about that, Warriors. Technical difficulties. Uh, okay, Jeremy, you were on uh, in the middle of stance something really important. I so apologize. Go ahead and, and uh, well, continue. I was simply saying it was something that I identified with because of my experience. I mean, it, it, it's very daunting. It's very traumatizing for a child because you think, you know, you have this worth of getting ready to graduate high school. Uh, you know, how could someone that you look up to, how could you a hero or somebody that, you know, you think the world of at one point treats you like an animal? Right. Or, that you don't have value simply because of the, either their own anger or things that they're wrestling with. And how it started was I was basically trying to defend my brother because I didn't want my brother to get hurt. And I stopped my father, but he ends up chasing me around the house. When we finally get up to the room, I get cornered. My dad flips the wood bat over and gets to swinging. And mm. So do I have, I don't have fear like most. I mean, I don't, 
Right. Fear to fear. I mean, after going through an experience like that, there's not a lot of fear that did I want my father dead? No, I didn't. Mm -hmm. Do I believe he got what he deserved? After doing that to his son, his flesh and blood, and me stop talking to him. It was the first time I could be that angry and stop talking to my father mm-hmm. and him not have a comeback or him not try and set me straight because he realized what he done was wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. And I mean, and there's, there's, there's no amount of anger you should have, you know, to debilitate your child. And I wasn't right for a long time, just like that child wasn't. But, you know, obvious vengeance was, I mean, he sets the guy on fire, breaks his leg, you know, because he disappeared in the world of drawing. Me, I disappeared just in a world of trying to get things done, solitude, uh, not very trusting. And being a victim of sexual abuse, I mean, when I was four years old, there's a, there, there's a lot that you don't know I've gone through. With right. So I identify with that little boy and going through, you know, hell on earth that some people mean, you can't imagine. So for me, I mean, seeing that sort of justice, I mean, obviously somebody had to die. The monster was vanquished and burned right. away, which represented a micro hell, that sort of deal. I mean, you feel somewhat satisfied, but I never wanted to see that happen with my father. I just was just a time that I ended up taking it as a kid. I wasn't strong enough. Now, I mean, I'm I'm probably not as nice. I'm not as kind as I used to be. I mean, and, and part mm-hmm. of that comes from that because I have right. PTSD. I was diagnosed with PTSD in 2019, but I, it's something I wrestled with for years. I wrestled with insomnia for 20 years because of nightmares like that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I may average three hours of sleep a night. And why is that significant? It's in that the things that keep us up at night, the things that give us nightmares, the things that, right. the that you think about. Otherwise, I don't have a lot of fear. Right. I don't. So, and I mean, who would I, think, and, 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 and you made a good point, Jeremy, who would think that your father would, would be that kind of a man? You know, right. just like who would have thought that, you know, Walter's stepfather, but I, he looked normal, right? He had on a suit. He was well groomed. His his um, mustache or goatee was on point, you know, but he was a monster to Walter. Walter actually yeah. saw him as a monster. So, yeah, and, and that's why that particular story is my favorite story. I've never gone through that. You know, I've never gone through child abuse or anything like that. But I mean, I can I can pretty much imagine that that little boy was going through something awful just like you were, uh, Jeremy. Going through something awful. Oh, hell. <laughs> that was dramatized. My bruises. Yeah, I mean, and that's the the bruises were a a metaphor for at least deep-rooted pain. I mean, some people don't know. I mean, my dad cut me open with a whip. Yeah. I mean, most people don't. I mean, again, you didn't know that, Latrice. That's why I I really wanted to be a part of this podcast in particular, because there's a message there. That story itself is near and dear. Those are scars that don't heal. Physically, yeah. I mean, I I seem to be fine, but mentally and emotionally, I'm not. You know, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I'm sorry if you got to go through what you went through. Um, As a kid, as a kid, I went through a few stuff, but not. My father was more of a controlling, verbal, hitting, 
soccer at night type pro you know so I really never knew what it was to have a life you know but you know I, no child should have to go or anybody should have to go through any form of abuse whatsoever in you know and and I, like I said I, I, I really feel sorry uh, I, I wish I'm a bitty baby, the man I am today. I don't feel, I, I, I mean, I may be bruised, I may be scarred, but it may be the man I am today. Right. And the father you care. are, because you, you treat your girls like many princesses, okay? Oh, yeah. You love oh, your girls to death. Oh, those are my hearts. Or those I should say you hearts. love them to life. <laughs> That's what I should say. I should say you, you love them to life. And and, and they love their daddy. Oh, well, one of them, I mean, you all, some of you all don't know this. I actually went to jail for one of my daughters. I went to jail. I am a metaphoric father. I went to jail for one of my father, my, my daughters. I know that's right, Jeremy. I don't know. I don't know, know the circumstances surrounding that, but I know that's right. A white lady called my daughter a little animal. My young. No, you're not putting my kid. No. I know that's and right. Long, and long story short, I just I did four thousand dollars worth of damage with my bare hands to her car. Jesus. Oh, you talk about rage. Oh yeah. No, I think I, any I think any good parent would be in the same. Oh place. yeah. Oh yeah. You you best oh, believe. Oh yeah, funny because some Mexican guys like, hey, I'll show you a real real man and blah blah blah. Do that shit to me. And the police were like, he just destroyed this car with his bare hand. You really want to do this to him? I know that's right. Uh, and then they brought three or four police cars, like, because they can look you up. They can see, like, if you're a, if you have a title in Taekwondo, and I have a state title in Taekwondo, they can look all that up. The officer's like, yeah, this isn't going to be good if this guy gets pissed off. <laughs> so they end up having to bring three or four officers. And one of them was real nice when I told, actually two of them, when I told them exactly what happened. They finally told the people, you need to back the hell up and leave them alone. Right. Yeah. And so when they took me to jail, the females was like, if I can try and get you some dinner, it was like two or three hours afterwards. And I'm sorry this happened. And it, I found out she wrote in the report that um, he was nothing but compliant. You know, but as a parent, he got angry, he lost his temper. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, that's so, good. It was smoothed over well, but I mean, oh yeah. yeah, but I mean, I'm telling you all this because again, there's that rage as a father. I never want to fail as a father. Right, uh, right. You might be a shitty ass husband, not not that I am, but you might be a shitty ass husband. Kids are gonna have to be here. Yeah. I, I tell you what. Well, let me go ahead. Let me go ahead with the other question. Uh, which character was your least favorite character in your uh, in your favorite story? Uh, Jeremy, we'll go to you uh, first. Uh, which character was your least favorite character? Crazy No, I meant in your story. Oh, oh, in my actual story. Yeah. Like I said, it's very it's very complicated because on the one hand. 
you appreciate the toughness that David Allen Greer brought to make you the person that you are. Right. On the other hand, you have a hatred. So yeah, obviously right, David exactly. Allen Greer's character. I mean, it, it's one of those where there's a sorrow that's there from my own mother because when I, you know, Paula J. Parker, and you know, she right, identifies yeah. me as the, the smaller woman that might be defenseless against somebody. I mean, my dad was trained, and, yeah. which is part of the reason why I trained. Which is the reason why I trained for years. Yeah, it's part of the reason why I trained for years. I mean, and for thirty plus years, I said, you know what, this isn't going to happen to me or anybody else. So, no. But it's 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 again my least favorite and and possibly favorite or between or David Allen Greer. It's it's a cross between that because it's my reminder. Right. Amen to that, uh, Jeremy. Okay. Now, uh, Jamila, who is your, uh, uh, I mean, I think we can all guess who your least char favorite character was in your, um, in your favorite story. Yeah, of course. Uh, yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> some, some of those characters sometimes bring some, they actually bring some comedy because the, those people really act out those roles very well. Like Yes, they do. Being the overbearing, <laughs> overly racist, overly whatever, like those people bring life to those characters. So obviously he's one of my least favorite. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, have, I have to ask this though, Tracy, if you don't mind, and Jamila, I have to ask this because I always wrestle. Like, I mean, I can say my Facebook page as well as my circle looks like a rainbow, but it always disturbs the shit out of me when white people do a really good job in the movies of playing racist because then it's like yeah. you do that really well and I don't know if it's necessary that you deserve an Oscar or maybe you got some skeletons you know, and your closet because like, some of them play it a little bit too good Oh yeah, Leo is good. He, he played he played that role, y'all, in a way he's never played any other role in any other movie he's ever been in. And I am a Leo DiCaprio fan. So I <laughs> right. Everything he's been in. The way he played that role in that movie, I kind of looked at him with a side eye, like, "We all know. <laughs> we need to talk. We talk about right. I, mean, I was happy. I was happy with you in Titanic. You know, hey, it's great. Now it's like." Like you know, what? what? You don't flip the script. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a flip the script like you, I've never seen before. That's what popped <laughs> out. So but yeah, I mean, I had to go. I had to go immediately watch something afterwards with him in a different role just to right. try to like let me go back. Oh, you know what? What you know what my favorite Leonardo DiCaprio movie is besides Titanic? Shutter. I love Shutter Island. I love the Basketball Diaries. Oh yeah, he did so good in that the Basketball Diaries. Yeah, he. I mean, he just. Oh my gosh, the role that he played, he just kind of gave his all to to the part. Yeah. Yeah. Shutter Island really had me um, 
that was one of the movies that I could never figure out until the very end. And when the when the plot twist came at the yes. end, I was like, oh my gosh, I did not see that. Come. I didn't see it either. I didn't see. I would. Uh, me and Brian went to go see that at the movies with each other, and I did not. I was like, what? I would have never seen that coming. Well, well, Miss Ingrid, uh, can you hear me, Miss Ingrid? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Uh, well, who is your uh, least favorite character and your uh, favorite story? My favorite story, I mean, we know what's obvious. Like, right. Uh, Obvious. Yeah. That that was the thing for me. Sometimes my you know my my dad was having somebody waking you out up at night because they don't like you would just want to go sleeping around your stuff. You know. Oh, right. uh, Right. sorry for you know um, that you both have to go through that Jeremy and Miss Ingrid you know I, I I sincerely apologize for that for both of your abusers you know I I on behalf of them I apologize that it shouldn't it shouldn't have ever happened and and listen you know what this is why I love doing my podcast I, I said um, a couple of weeks ago how my podcast is very therapeutic. We talk about movies, yes. We talk about horror movies, yes. But in these horror movies, you find lessons. You know, and, and, and it's very powerful. Like even with us. I mean, there was a lesson with us. Uh, with, uh, with Ma. With uh, and especially the horror movie that I did last week, Annabella and Get Out. Y'all should definitely hear those. Uh, oh my gosh, those we had yeah. a very deep yeah. discussion for both episodes. Yeah. And uh, but but yeah, you know um, yeah. I, that's all I can say about this podcast. You know, and that's what makes my podcast different. From any other horror po uh, yeah. podcast, yeah. if you want to know the truth. Right. 
Well, okay. N now, now, uh, now I'm going to ask the question. Who was your most favorite character in the whole movie? Like throughout, throughout the whole, um, throughout the whole, uh, stories. And, uh, uh, Jer Jeremy, we'll start with you, uh, for this one. Uh, who is your favorite character throughout the whole? Clarence. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It is, it's only because he he represented the redeeming factor. Right. The he represented redemption. I mean, I guess you'd call it redemption or at least taking them to hell. I mean, it, it just, uh, about halfway through, you pretty much figured out what happened to those guys. So it's, Right. <laughs> his character was creepy and comedic, but at the same time, very, uh, I mean, it was, for me, it was straight to the point. So I would say Clarence, well, Clarence Williams, yeah. 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 And, and Jamila, do you feel the same way, or do you have a different character that was your favorite throughout the whole four segment? No, he was he was my favorite throughout the whole thing, and it just I mean it just intensified. <laughs> His character just intensified the further it got into the movie and by the time he was screaming and hollering at the end I was hollering and screaming with him and cracking up at the same time but but it was still a very intense he he always has an intense character whether he is playing in in a gangster kind of role or right. kind of it, his character is always intense even if it does have some kind of funny kind of element behind it yeah something there but it's i just i love his intensity he's, he's one of my favorite actors period the underrated actor i think in a lot yeah. of always have a lot of underrated actors yeah <laughs> you probably never say the shit the same the way he does never <laughs> never <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> y'all Clarence was good but my my favorite character out of this whole thing was actually Dr. Cushing I love the doctor in um in episode uh in story number four I loved her she was this there was something very intriguing about her I wanted to know more about her 
and that woman played that role too. Yeah, yeah. And uh, my favorite, uh, my favorite part actually uh, is when she says, uh, uh, "Abel and Cain, what were the first? Uh, were was the first murder? Murderer? He slayed his brother." Right. Yep. That that was powerful. As well yep, said, that and, was and, the key phrase. And, yeah. And, and, yeah, and, that, was, that was the key phrase because when you when you think about it, she represented. Well, sorry. The, when I looked at that, she represented what well, the black mother. Because yeah. if you think about it, Adam, Eve, Cain, Abel, whatnot. You follow the lineage or whatnot. Uh, the correcting factor for black men, the correcting factor or the strength of the black man is the black woman. So she was, saying, she was saying him straight. She represented the mother saying, Cain slew Abel. Look how many people that you killed. Right. She represented the strong, the strong black woman that stands behind the strong black man or the black man that's doing incorrect. She represented the balancing factor. So that key phrase right there and everything else that she was saying behind it represented her trying to set him straight and her trying right. to well, basically save him. But he got right. to a point where he couldn't be saved. Yeah. 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 And which leads me to my, I, I wasn't planning on asking this right now, but I'll go ahead and ask it. Uh, which story did, do you guys think made more of an impact because for me for me it was story number four because i mean our young men our young black men they have got to learn that that they are killing each other off with the with this gang wars with you know with that the hatred of each other for no apparent reason they are killing us we're killing each other and and we need to stop uh, that uh, um that kkk guy that um dr coaching had uh crazy k sit next to he he he, he told him he told him he said you're 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 on my side i'm trying to kill all of y'all niggas. but and you're doing my job for me yeah. So number four was definitely the one that was, uh, even though I I loved story number two, story number yeah. four would have more of an impact for me. So what was the a story that had an impact for you guys? Not necessarily your favorite story, but the story that had the best impact. Yeah, number four. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's just a constant reminder that I think that a lot of people miss. I think a lot of people miss all of the lessons and tales from the hood. You know, I, I, yeah. I, I, I hate to say it, but sometimes it's hard to sometimes it's hard to get a message across, in my opinion, when you use certain people. And, you know, you're looking at Joe Torrey, you're looking at two, you know, guys who typically play kind of the same roles in different movies. I think sometimes it's hard to get a certain message through when we're looking at certain people in the script. Oh, yeah. And I think most Definitely. people looked at that as just a funny spoof of horror movies with some comedic elements, some serious elements. But I don't think 
everybody walked away with enough conviction from every story about it. I just don't right. And obviously, when you're younger and you watch stuff like that, you might not get it unless you get through something traumatic and you can make, you know, you can make the connection. Um, But as you get older, you start to appreciate, you know, and really understand what message was trying to be conveyed through those stories. And definitely that last story. And it was important that it was the last story, too. Right. That would be the final thing, the final, mm-hmm. you know, the culmination of all of these things and how all of this impacts the black community and how so much lies in the hands of, you know, black men and everything. So, definitely number four. It's about choices. It ended with saying you have choices that you have to make and you have yeah. consequences. Either consequences or rewards the actions. If they didn't kill Crazy Kane, they would probably still be alive. But they made a choice to kill him, just like Crazy K made choices. Right. Um, he ended up getting killed, and so they ended up getting dragged to hell. Right. I like this, the, how, how they ordered this the story to end up like it did. You know, What's the name? Rosalind Cash? Rosalind Cash? Huh? Oh, uh, Rosalind Cash is her name. Um, I like when first little gadget, you know. Oh, yeah, when she sold him all the killings. Of the black men and all the your eyes telling you seeing all the hatred, you know, and it, it, it went around with KKK and then back to the slavery and then back to the black on black. And, you know, it seemed like it was giving a variety of things that we have had history done to us. The last story is so impactful. That's why it's very impactful. Right. All right. So, okay, a fun question. Out of each story, who whose kill or death scene did y'all think was more creative? Uh, Miss Ingrid, we'll go to you uh, first with this one. <laughs> I love when Jeremy laughs. <laughs> That just means Jeremy has a good one. <laughs> I, I am not going to go with number 
happened in Okay. Uh-huh. Tyrone uh, broke his neck and stuff when Walter crumbled up the table. Okay, mm-hmm. so that one's not my creation. Oh, okay. And unfortunately, the creation still was when Billy was standing in front of uh, Mr. Martin, who was and he was commencing to take the urination. And brought him down with his head. He had his body and put his head and had his heart beating heart. Man, I was like, that was like, whoever thought something like that. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Whoever thought of that was really creative. Like that, not in a, not in, in an African American horror story, anyway. <laughs> uh, all right, Jeremy, bring it on, dude. Who, who whose kill or death scene was your favorite? And I have to go with number two because Lord knows I wish I could draw some shit on a piece of paper just to fuck somebody up. <laughs> <laughs> if I believe, if I could, do you know how many people? I mean, hell, if I could do that, call me Nat Turner and murder wasn't illegal. And there's a reason why I said Nat Turner. Do you know how many people I would love to draw some peach paper? I would be fucking this planet up. Like, oh, I got some brown sugar for your ass and sure Right. So right. That was it was just a really I like that one because of 
the imagery of the flag right. on top of him. Right. right. Like, yeah. Like she's freedom from protector. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's not the issue. Right. Because just to put a little remark on that, he also insulted them with the fact that he was going to move into that very place where all that traffic and right. all that, that right. violence, you know, right. and, you know and it, it was all just, it, you know, it, it involved in that house. Don't ask. It was called the Divine Horse. 
And so this white man who was a clear racist set up there and said, look, there was a fight and we won, we as in white folks, and so we took what was ours. I said, so can I ask you a question? We, we tr I tried to have what I thought was a logical or at least intelligent conversation. If I came to your house and took it over, well, you wouldn't be able to do that. I wouldn't advise you to do that. I said, okay, if I came to your house and when I took it over, because I promise you, you won't be able to stop. Okay, for multiple reasons. If I came and took your house from you and won the fight, basically I have rights to your place. Well, no, there's laws in place. I said, correct the men, though, dickhead. So what you're basically telling me is you've all created laws, so they can't do the same things that folks like you did to them, is what right. you're basically telling me. Right. You put laws in place to make sure no one could take back what you've already taken or stolen for right. that matter. So let's call it for what it is. Because if I take your land, if I take your house, you can tell me about all the guns. I got guns too. That's fine. However, I decide right. to, whatever trickery I decide mm -hmm. to use, same as what you all use. Right. I'm going to use. And if I win, justifiably, if the same rules apply, I should have your place. Is that what right. you basically and Then they change the story. And I always ask right. two questions. Of course. First question one. If African Americans do have grievances, how do they bring them about? If they can't riot, if they can't do silent protests, well, let's use Martin Luther King. Awesome example. Y'all shot him. So, okay, there's one. That's first question. Second question. If you could trade places with an African American, would you? Third question. Right. You I was just about to say that. It's really. All forms of persecution. If you went through the experiences of an African American person, blind. Would you want restitution? Oh, they started saying, I would want this and this and that, and the third Cadillac, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so let me get this straight. So you're asking for everything that African Americans are asking for, but you're telling us we shouldn't ask. Correct. Help me understand that logic. Yeah, usually there's crickets, and then I sort of get that this nigga's too smart look. So, uh, <laughs> Sorry, we have educations too. So just like right. the lady, I feel like we're under duress. <laughs> really? Okay. I'm going to explain you what duress is, and now you're going to tell me, Jeremy, I'm an idiot. Because if you don't, I will. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame. Some of the things that are hollering, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, are still living on land that their family inherited from the homestead at. Thing that there they you have, go. and we know that, and they, we know they that that's not true. 
Well, that was the thing. They, they, want the, um, they want the benefits. They don't want the headaches. And it's not so long ago when, when Trump lost. She said she was a little nervous and scared or whatnot because we're the only blacks in the neighborhood. And I said, honey, don't be scared for one of two reasons. One, it's a great thing that none of them talk to us. Because if you do happen to come into my house after Trump lost or for whatever case is cried about it, you ain't coming to my house for a couple of sugars. So when I mow your ass down, it's because we don't know each other. We're not familiar. So if I just happen to shoot you and anybody else who happens to come close to this house, it's not because you were trying to borrow a couple of sugar. Chances are you will come in here to try and take what's not yours. So I'll be glad to call myself Nat Turner at the same time. Once again, right. I promise you, I will mow you down. <laughs> we'll get some sugar all right, but it's going to be brown and lead. It's going to be different. All right. <laughs> okay, now. Sorry, Latrice, I know we didn't put the podcast to another station. Go yeah, ahead. Girl, girl, I kind of figured tonight was going to be the night because Jeremy wasn't on the um, show last Friday like he was supposed to be. So I just knew tonight was going to be good. Jeremy has no <laughs> filter. Well, okay. This is my last yeah, question good. anyway, and uh, it is the deep, the the deepest question of the night. Uh, how does tales from the hood pertain to the Bible, if at all? And for me, uh, every story, you know, ca the co um, the combination or the co culmination of it was built in hatred. You know, every story yeah. had a hatred theme from yep. the first story where the cops killed the innocent black man to uh, the second story where... The man is abusing his stepchild and his mother. Right. Yep. To story number three, you know, the KKK, this guy trying to, you know, uh, insult um, the African-American ancestors. Uh, mm -hmm. to, uh, to number four, Crazy K. He, he just, like he said, he just didn't give an F. You know, he he didn't get an F about anybody. Hatred was all over the board. And, and you know, the Bible tells us, you know, to love your neighbor, you know, to, uh, uh, and it says, uh, you know, how can you love, how can you not love your brother who you can see, but claim you love me? You know, how can you claim to be a Christian? When you don't love, right. when you don't love your brethren, right? You know, so th that's how that's what I got out of it. You guys probably got something completely different. Uh, Jamila, uh, what do you um have to say about that? About how it pertains to the Bible? Yeah, I mean, I think every story hits on something, some 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 emotion, some feeling or some problem or something, you know, that can be related to the Bible. I think about the last story the most, and I, th I just think about, you know, reaping what you sow, you know, it, you, you want right. to be, whatever energy you give off and put out is 
more than likely the energy that you're going to get back and, and that you're going to receive. And so, you know, crazy case on these seeds of just, you know, not caring and these seeds of hatred, even for his own brother, you know, or sister that happens to look like him. Right. You know, and being the recipients and, and then even them thinking that, you know, well, it was OK to take him out because of who he is. But, you know, you fall right into the same. Right. You know, exactly. Pattern, yeah. It's a, a you know, cycle. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's a cycle and, and it doesn't stop. And, um, and, and again, we have to think about the seeds that we plant, you know, because, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes you plant, like I think about literally when I plant my stuff in my garden and everything, um, you know, sometimes you put the seeds out there and you and it falls on fertile soil and then sometimes it doesn't. But more than likely what I found in, in even in just a little garden that I have is most of it takes root. Even if it takes a little bit of root, most of it takes root. So you have to be very cautious about what we put out here in the atmosphere to people and things like that. That's why I'm going to segue here again and then I'm going to stop. But this is why... Donald Trump's presidency was so toxic because the seeds that he started to plant prior to him running, and then once he got in, the seeds that he continued to water and to grow as the president, these seeds took root. And those seeds led up to a lot of things, but obviously the biggest thing that they led up to at the end of the day was the January 6th event at the Capitol. Yes. You know, that, that didn't just come out of nowhere. That came out of seeds that that man planted when he was on the campaign trail, mocking yes. people, making fun of people and all. He started that and he threw them seeds out there and people thought it was going to fall on deaf ears and it did not. Those seeds took root and it grabbed a hold of at least 70 million people. Yep. And and then another group of that 70 million fought it, not robbery enough, that they would go up to the Capitol and deface and defame. Those people peed on things in the Capitol, y'all. They Those people defecated. They had actual feces. Yeah. They rubbed on things. They, they were they nasty. They skin and they bled. They those are feel, seeds. Feel yeah. Those were patriots. Those were those are Christians. Those are Christians. I heard that they prayed before they did that. Apparently. With a straight face. The only thing Trump unified was people that look just like him, the same ideals because he hates the same damn people. And if you're one of the people that are on this podcast that seem to think that he unified this country, do give me a call so we can have an intellectual conversation. <laughs> or just, you are an absolute idiot if you think he's done anything to unify this country at all. The only way was to make it to where people just like him have advantages and right. people just like me don't. Yeah. Period. And so all of that, again, all of that yeah. was just another... It, it was, it was, it, it really was a prime example of how something small, like a seed, like a right. mustard seed, right? right? Mustard, how yes. powerful it can be. It doesn't always have to be big and grandiose. It starts off small. People mm -hmm. start to chip away at something real small 
and then it evolved. It's the snowball effect, right? And it right. took all these years to see what we could end up with when we give someone like that control and power over one of the supposed most powerful countries in the entire world. You know, so I, you know, even in trying to connect it again with the stories, I think the last story is just you reap what you sow. You know, know, if you you don't want to live that thug life too long, if you don't want to do those things, you got to hurry up and get out of it and then try to help somebody else. Because just like Crazy K, him going through the therapy and the treatment, like Jeremy said, he was all, his mind was already gone and he wasn't going to change. But that those things could have happened way ahead of time. So you got to step in earlier for the younger people and get them involved because you can't always rehabilitate a rehabilitate the crazy cave. Oh yeah. Sometimes beyond a certain age, sometimes they are just gone. The mind is where uh, yeah. it is, and it's, it's only going to take a miracle for it to change. It won't, you know, it won't be through us. So you, you are so right about that. Power is the most ferocious enemy of justice. James Baldwin. Mm-hmm. And Trump is a prime example. Well, not Trump, not just Trump, but a crazy K. Yeah. With his power through drugs, money, influence, fear. Any power, yeah. Ignorant, grimiest element yep. of what black men should not be. Allied with power yep. is the most ferocious enemy of justice. And true work. If Jesse Jackson said, okay, you know what? We're going to all storm the Capitol. Number one, rubber bullet day would have been skipped. Chances are it would have all been live ammunition and they'd still be pulling niggas off the Capitol right now. Oh, yeah. And Jesse if Jackson wouldn't have even, he wouldn't have even have finished his thought. He wouldn't have even finished his thought before somebody oh, no, would have been in his location. Right yeah, in his location saying, we heard you was talking about something. Or we heard you was thinking about something. Right. Jesse, <laughs> you know you can't use that word, Jesse. <laughs> you can't use that, Jesse. You can make up all those other words and keep us entertained, but don't say the words that really make sense, like justice. We'll right. have to kill you, Jesse. Jesse? Right. <laughs> just keep chasing the hoes. Y'all are just speaking so much truth on my podcast tonight now. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, Miss Ingrid. <laughs> Ms. Ingrid, how do you feel about how it pertains to the Bible? What do you think? Well, I I see it as it always is and seeing that we had Cain was the first man that actually killed someone mm-hmm. his own brother at that mm-hmm. you know you know and, and for me, when it, when it comes to everything that's going on, you know, right now, I have so many things that are running through my mind that, for me, I, I take it one day at a time and just go by what goes on. You know, I, I learn my lessons through... Uh, Trying to keep myself, you know, busy, um, thinking about things, you know, or doing things that give me, like, my granddaughter and, and my daughter. And 
I try to want family from mm-hmm. in, in my perspective. I, you know, I think, you know, that that could happen and are going on this world. I worry about my family and I worry about how it is going to be for my grandkids. And uh, I plan on giving them armor you know, I, I plan on being able to let them know that you just don't let anybody run over you. You know, most definitely stand up for yourself. You know, and um, you know, the individual we all have, you know, different thoughts and different things learn from one another. You know, and I teach what my kids and and my kids. You know, they all they have their own thoughts on how things go, but they derive that from their own choice. You know, and it's thing is always with choice. Bible right. choice. Okay. Crazy K had a push for he said I didn't get him Okay. He said, um, Say he was saved by the cop, okay, mm-hmm. and then he went through all that other weird stuff, you know. And then it came back when he said he didn't give a big shot of that stuff, no. So, he, you know, somewhere in there, I believe he had a story. I don't know, you know, if well, he did, he had a story, yeah, if, if that choice for what he first or the choice that he had that lasted. So really thinking about it, how do we know the actual true choice that Curry came in? You know, if, if, if I'm looking at it from that point of view, it could be different ways that he said it before he got his ass out. So... Yeah, because uh, one of my favorite scenes is when she says, you know, uh, it's not too late to be saved. And then he right. says, well, uh, I don't give a F. That, that's when he said, I don't give a F. Yeah. And, you know, and that and that sealed his fate right there when he said, I don't right. give a F. He has that, that sealed his fate. Yeah, and he blew it. You know, and you know that—that's that, how I feel. I'm given a choice, uh, you know, and I got faith. I have faith in God, or I have faith in, in anything else in this world, and then family comes next, you know. And Amen. I believe that God is is doing something. I'm, I'm not sure exactly what He's doing, but in the end. Of the day, all I know is that my family is going to be safe. I, I, I live in and, uh, You know I what? I, I, I agree with you, Miss Ingrid. I have said that um, many a times during this pandemic, I, I, I have always told Brian, I said, babe, you know, and I don't mean to sound wrong when I say this, but you know, all these people who don't want to go out. Uh, who who want to go out without their masks and everything? I I say you know what? Let them, let them, because when they get sick and they die off, you know, 
I don't care about that. As long as me, Christopher, and Brian, and, and of course my mom and my grandmother, my brothers, and uh, and my niece, my nephew, you know, uh, my my brother's fiance. As long as we are good, yeah. As long as we are good, I'm okay with 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 the majority of the people wanting to go out there without their mask on. Go ahead, go right on ahead. If you have a death wish, go. Do it. Do you. Yes. Do you. Right. You can't believe I'm saying that, huh, Jeremy? Yes, I can. <laughs> you don't want to know what I think. I do. I really do. Um, you know what? Uh, you know what? Mama said, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. <laughs> so I'm going to get there. But I will say this. If you decide that you want to breathe in bad air, however you can get it, because you decided, you know what? This is a hoax, be it political or somehow made up out of thin air. Then be my guest. Go on out there. Do what you do. See? Okay. That's all I'm when saying. You know, Drop out of your asshole. That is not going to be my problem. Exactly. Right. That is exactly what I'm saying. That's why I told Kathy. I wish they would come to this house during the pandemic, looking for food like the Walking Dead. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Right? Please do. I'm ready and wait, wait too. I'm all set up. Please, I, I want you to. Please. Yeah, that's what I feel welcome. Bring it, they all come out. We're coming to get your weapons. Okay, come on. Come on. I'm, I want you to come and get my weapons. Bring it. I have a sign that says, No trespassing. Trespassers will be shot. Any survivors, it will be shot again. Mine is different. And being a financial advisor, I usually just say the first one won't be a warning shot because bullets are expensive. So I'm just going to go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I, 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 I wish I would. Please come to my house. Speak on it, darling. I wish you would. I wish you would come to my house. Yeah, please. <laughs> please do. Well, y'all, I don't have any more questions, but I do have five fun facts, and these are these are actually actually very interesting. Uh, the first um, fun fact I have is um, some of the dolls in the KKK come up in segment were later reused in Team America World Police, which was uh, released in two thousand four, and it was also done by the Toyota Brothers. Um, fun fact number two is um, director Rusty Kondiev's real life parents, John A. Kondiev and Christina Kondiev, appear in the third story of the film. Uh, they played the uh, he played the former um, he played the funeral director that was um, uh, directing the funeral for um, for the. Uh, for the man who was trying to make the white guy look good or what have you. 
uh, <laughs> and then his mother was uh miss cobbs the woman in the painting with all the dolls okay now this is my favorite fun fact y'all this is my favorite one okay listen Tom Wright, the guy who plays Martin Morehouse in the first segment, uh, he played the uh, innocent guy who got killed, who gets killed by the police. I bet y'all didn't know this. Jeremy, you might have. But he is in another anthology uh, horror movie. Guess which one it is? Y'all don't know. I don't know. Which one? Creep Show 2 as the Hitchhiker. Y'all, I did not know that's my favorite story on that. On uh, Creep Show 2. Yep, he played the Hitchhiker. Thanks for the ride, lady. Yep, thanks for the ride. Thanks for the ride, lady. <laughs> That's the greatest ever. <laughs> I love, and, and that's another movie I will be putting on my schedule probably for next year. Creep Show Two. All right. Uh, Good drops. And uh, uh, fun fact number four is Clarence Williams the Third starred in the season four episode of Tales from the Crypt, uh, which yep. which is you know what this uh, movie is based upon, you know. And yeah, his, it, was a, it, was loosely, it was loosely based. It was actually a direct, it's supposed to be a direct connection. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, now that I didn't know. Yeah. Now it says here, uh, I, I put it in my notes. Um, uh, the, uh, the episode that he played on is called uh, Maniac at Large. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to look that up on YouTube. Yeah, And then my fun fact number five, my last one, and this one is real um, interesting because I have, I mean, I've seen, I've seen other um, versions of Tales from the Hood because, you know, it does come on USA and everything like that. that. Um, but um, my fun fact, fact number five is in some TV versions, instead of the charred remains of Carl lying in the casket at the end of Boys Do Get Bru uh, Boys Do Get Bruised, it's Walter. It's Walter lying yeah. in there. But but the thing is, you know, I, Walter didn't get killed. Carl did, right? Walter didn't die. It must be a typo or something. Oh, no, no, no. They they really do do that. Um, in some versions, like uh, in some TV versions, Walter is in the casket. But the only thing is, Walter didn't die. Oh wow! So I don't I don't understand that, but yeah, it is in some TV versions. Mm -hmm. And some TV versions, it's Walter in the casket. Yeah. How the hell? Yep. And I've seen it where he was pale, I mean, pale than what he was. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
But but see, I, I I just wonder how that would happen because um I mean at the end of that story, uh him him the teacher and the mother they burned Carlos behind and Walter was saved. Yeah. So I just wonder how that happened. But yeah, the, the, those are my uh, five fun facts. And now we move on to the cast and crew that has passed on. And most, I think most of us already know that some people have passed on. Like, um, huh? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Uh, Michael Massey, uh, he plays, um, Newton Hauser on story number one. He died of stomach cancer in 2016 at the age of 64. Mm. Uh, my girl, uh, my girl, Rosalind Cash, she plays oh, Dr. Cushing. And oh. story number four, yes, yes. She, and, and get this, she died not too long after this movie came, came out because she died October 31st, 1995. Oh. She was 56 years old. And then, of course, we all know LeBont Bentley. I'm sure we all know LeBont Bentley passed away, right? Uh, He played Crazy K. Also played um, on Moesha. I'm forgetting his name right now on Moesha. What was his name? Yeah. Uh, Oh, my. Was it Hakeem? Hakeem. Hakeem. Yes, it was Hakeem. I didn't know he passed Yes, he passed away. You didn't know that, Jeremy? I thought you. I thought everybody knew that. Um, on Jan- January eighteenth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he he died on uh, January eighteenth, two thousand five. Uh, he died of a car crash. Hey, Adrian. Uh, hey, Adrian. How are you? I'm fine. Really late. I know, but <laughs> well, thank you for joining the party, boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh oh, did we lose? We I think we lost Jamela though. I think Jamela left. Oh, really? left. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, that's all right. She probably has to go. Okay. Yeah. 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 Tell her. I, uh, tell her. I thought she probably did. Uh, tell her it's all right, Miss Ingrid. You can. Uh, uh, you can probably message her before I can. But yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, let me go down the uh, list that has uh, of people that have passed on. Um, Adrian, and then I'll ask you um, a couple of questions about the movie. Okay. okay. Uh, but yes, uh, uh, Lamont Bentley, he died uh, January 18th, 2005. Uh, he died of a car crash. And um, I forgot to write down how old he was. So I'm not sure how old he was, but I do know that he was young. He was young. Um, John A. Condia, uh, um, and I just mentioned him uh, not too long ago um, in the fun facts. He was um, the funeral director 
also the father of the actual director of this movie. Um, he died uh, on December 30th, 2003, at the age of 91. So he lived a good life. And last but not least, Rick Dean. He played the tattooed racist man in story number four. four. He died February 3rd, 2006, and he was 53. But I, I couldn't, I didn't know. I mean, I didn't read about what, what he died from, from. They didn't have it on there. Yeah, so. Well, Adrian, I have two very important questions for you, sir, since you are here. Uh, listeners, Adrian, uh, we knew that Adrian was going to come on late. We just didn't know how late that he was going to come on. <laughs> uh, but, um, okay, Adrian, the first question that I have for you, uh, well, uh, for the sake of time, I won't ask them all. I'll just ask you two questions. Um, but the first question I'll ask is, what was your favorite segment? Was it story number one, story number two, story number three, or story number four? Uh, God, uh, it's been a while since I've seen the movie, so I'm not sure of. Oh, yeah, it, it's been a while for Jeremy and Jamila, too, so. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure about the order exactly. Um, one that I really liked though was where the white guy had his penis grabbed at the grave. Uh, <laughs> the first one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we just got done talking yeah. about that. Like. For you is which uh, which story do you think made more of an impact in your opinion? Uh, not not with not it didn't have to be your favorite story, but which which one made more of an impact to you? Um, I'm gonna say the first one, and the reason I say that is Racism is very sickening. Yes. And it kind of. Uh, oh, God, how can I put this? Um, when I see a movie like that, um, it kind of draws awareness in a way. Uh huh. With what's going out there in the world, especially right now. Uh, yeah. All these cops who are corrupt. And yes. It, it's pretty yeah, it's crazy. Like it, yeah. It's pretty crazy yeah. how this was made in 1995, but yet it somehow fits for today. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it draws attention to being more humane. Right. Yeah. Way too many people are inhumane towards one another, and I don't know. It bothers me, but yeah, that one made more of an impact on me than any of the others. 
Okay. All right. Oh, shoot. Those are the only questions that I'll, I'll, I'll ask. Just for the sake of time, Adrian. Just for the sake of time. And uh, now I did uh, put a grouper's reaction question on the group page, on my Horror Movie Warriors group page today. I only got one answer. Uh, Ryan Cox, uh, he agrees with um, with Ingrid and uh, with Jeremy and me. Because my question was, um, my question was, um, uh, what was your favorite story? Story number one, two, three, or four. And Ryan Cox said that he loved um, uh, boys do get bruised. So, uh, yep, that was the only um, that was the only answer that we got though. So, uh, but we have come to the end of my podcast, Adrian. I'm so glad you were able to make it last minute. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I must say, I love the hair, dude. And uh, well, tomorrow, well, Adrian, you're with me tomorrow too, because we're talking about the people under the stairs. I cannot wait until that discussion. That one's gonna be a fun one. Yeah, I'm excited about that one. Yeah, I really am. Oh yes, I I love the the people under the stairs. I love that. I love the movie. I love it. It'll be um uh it'll be Adrian and um uh Vanessa Giddens um oh and Mick Mac um yeah Mick Mac is gonna be the on uh Vanessa Giddens and Adrian. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, you guys are gonna have fun, fun, fun. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. But I have fun on this episode. Oh my gosh, we. I mean, we just. I, I knew that today was gonna be just just as deep as it was last week. You know, with Antebellum and Get Out and stuff. I knew that Tales from the Hood was gonna be a deep one because it is. I mean, even though it was a horror comedy. It was rooted in real stuff and real life stuff. Yeah. And like yeah. I said, it fit today. You know, it, it, this was made like what, 25, 26 years ago? If that? Yeah. A long time ago. And, uh, and it fits for today, right now. So, but, um, and I just love how how the enemy tried to take my dang podcast <laughs> earlier. Don't, that don't worry, it will be edited. <laughs> I'm gonna tell Brian to edit some of it <laughs> if he can. Uh, no, I just meant um I, I just meant uh how um I had to stop it for a minute. I have 14 minutes. I was in 14 minutes before I did something completely off the wall. I just, I stopped it. Huh? You're not going to edit me out, are you? Oh, no, sir. I want to, I want to keep all your stuff in, Jeremy, because you are just, oh my gosh. I want to keep all your stuff in because. When are you going to have that maniac on again? I can see the comments. <laughs> 
know, right, Jeremy? I know. But 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 you, I mean, I I have to keep you in it. I have to keep you in it. In all of my episodes. I have and all the other episodes that you are in, I have to keep you in it. <laughs> the shock appeal alone is like how it starts. You're right. <laughs> I, I, I can see the comments. Like now. shock radio. Adrian, you'll have to go back and um I, I probably won't have the uh, I probably won't have the show on uh on the internet until Saturday because um uh me and Brian might not see each other tomorrow because um uh his um wa- water still isn't working. At his apartment. So, so we. <laughs> you left him. Stand by your man. Nope. <laughs> no <laughs> well, no, he he doesn't want us there. Me, me I I would like for us to go over there, but he doesn't want us there because he wants the water to be working. And I can understand uh, that. He's a good man. I got a house full of women that will sell me out for the cold side of the pillow. <laughs> <laughs> <Just saying>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's not true, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, bullshit. One of that. And I'm pretty sure that little seven-year-old of mine, that's going to be the death of me. Oh, that's going to be the death of me. That one is a shepherd for the devil. Oh. <laughs> Y'all think I'm joking. I'm sure I'm she's not. Well, look... She's still daddy's little princess. Look, she's still daddy's little princess, and nobody better better not mess with her. Didn't I just say she tried to hit me with a hammer? Who the hell gonna mess with something like that? (laughs) (laughs) This was that's the baby that's gonna do some like wait to exhale shit. She gonna light your car on fire. She might do what they did that left eye did to Andre Rising. Still little thing. Well, she is her daughter. Tomorrow, as I said before, before 
I will be uh, discussing the people under the stairs. And until tomorrow, guys, um, this has been Latrice Carter, Jeremy Covington, uh, Adrian Garza. I'm so glad that he was able to make it. Ingrid Hubert, and in her absence, Jamila uh, Galt. Uh, she has to leave, which I knew that she probably did would uh, leave early. So, uh, but until tomorrow night, guys, this has uh, been a, a, just a, a complete pleasure. Um, I love the truth coming forth. And uh, as I said before, this podcast is just very therapeutic. Very therapeutic. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, I will talk to you later. Love you all. Peace out. Good night.